Welcome to New Realms Nightmares. Spooky season has arrived. We love Boo. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of New Realms Nightmares. Yay! I am your host, James, with my co-host, Anthony. Yeah. Juliana. And Christian. What's up, ho? This Ooh. is New Realms Nightmares. This is our second episode of New Realms Nightmares. Hell yeah. Spooky seasons here. Spooky conspiracies are here. Period. And spooky thoughts. I watch <laughs> spooky stuff, not just spooky theories. I mean, I've been watching Halloween Town. That was pretty spooky. <gasps> we watched <gasps> it yesterday. Just watched uh, it it's so iconic. One of my favorite Halloween movies ever. That and Twitches, but you know what? We're not going to get Twitches. <laughs> is grade A. Twitches I used is to great A. Flip out every season when I was a kid when Twitches would come on the TV. Literally, on it's that was so my life. Awesome. Like just like <laughs> even the Ali and AJ music in it, like yeah. everything about it's iconic. Anyway, love that. I'm a big Tia awesome. Tamara. If you're listening, yeah, <laughs> I'm Halloween Town. Ride or die. Oh my Halloween God. Town. Period. Mm-hmm. First one, no one, no one can top it ever. Like mm-hmm. ever. Halloween Town two, even better. Like it's phenomenal. It just got better. Return to Halloween Town. Amazing. No. No. We don't talk about that. We do oh, not that talk about that one. I'm sorry. You're thinking sorry. of ice, I'm sorry. Uh, you didn't Halloween invite my girl Marnie yeah. back. Halloween Town High. You try to replace my Jim. girl. Please forgive me. I misspoke. Oh yeah, no. I, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about. I'm talking to Disney right now. <laughs> yeah. They they tried to change my girl Marnie. I love that late. I mean, you can't do that. It, it, it was like they. It was it was insane to me. Honestly, I'm baffled by it to this day. I don't Spickable. know what... Oh, she, she's only been, you know, this is the fourth movie. Nobody will notice she's gone. <laughs> Literally. Not, it's not like the main characters. It wasn't person. even like she couldn't do it. They just didn't ask her. Yeah. Really? Yeah. She was oh, like, I, w- I w- it cleared my schedule and everything. And like, they just never asked me to do it. That is so wow. weird. That's petty. Yeah. yeah. I've never but, seen him. Are you serious? Yeah. Anthony... I was a luck of the Irish kid. I love hey, the luck yo, of the Irish, I but, about that. <laughs> but that's March. I know. So we got to get you caught up in Halloween Sky Town. High. Sky High. Is pu- oh, Sky, Sky High is period. So That's so Top underrated, tier. too. Wait, why are we talking about this freaking movie? Yeah, <laughs> let's get into the verses. Wait, wait, wait. wait before oh. we get into the verses. belt's on the table? That's James. my belt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I was hoping my pants would fall down while we were doing this, even though I'm sitting down. I mean, my pants fall down anyway, so... Like, so, I might do you guys remember... So this is how to do with like spooky season and all that, right? So do you remember do when you we were remember? talking about the Winnie the Pooh horror movie? I think like two episodes ago or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. What? coming out with a Grinch horror. Fuck, movie. that's what I was gonna say, oh. asshole. <laughs> Wait your turn. I didn't know. Wait your turn, bitch. God, I got wow. excited. Wait. Anyways, so I looked. So nobody knows when this is coming out exactly, but apparently October twentieth of this year. Yeah. Give it. We don't know. That's a, it's like it's. Not conspiracy. I guess it's a conspiracy. <laughs> but it's the it's date. It's a date floating around. But how, super how do spooky. they not know when it's coming out? Literally. Like, they have a trailer and everything. I know. They finished recording back in May, I think it was, or March or something like that. Damn. So, I mean, it should be coming out soon. But as Anthony spoiled, I found out they're making a Grinch the, horror movie called The Mean One. The wow. Grinch is so, public domain? That's crazy. Yeah, that's what I thought too when I when I heard that. Well, so, I guess it's from Dr. Seuss, wait, right? Like, well, that has to be, I guess, public domain. Why is Amy Schumer going to be in it? She ain't in this. I just saw her name. Did you actually? Yeah. Oh, oh my, my God. God. She's Mayor McBean. No, that's not her. That's not her. Oh, oh it's oh Schumacher. I just, whew, I got so upset. <laughs> Yo, that's funny. That that just shows Anthony's distaste for Amy Schumer. <laughs> this it's funny because this is like a spooky thing. Look how obviously. popular it is! It's coming out December fifteenth of this year, that's so crazy. Christmas time. Which I guess is it's like a Christmas horror movie. Actually, yeah. I think about it. 
I love that. So we'll I'm gonna to read this quick synopsis. Ooh, Ready? We should do like a whole. We should do a watch party. I'm there. Well, when we get to our thousand followers on TikTok, wait. Let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> All right. So let me. I'm gonna read the storyline because it's pretty crazy. Ready? Yeah. In a sleepy mountain town, Cindy has her parents murdered and her Christmas stolen oh by a bloodthirsty God. green figure in a red Santa suit, the mean one. But when the ravenous Christmas-hadding creature begins to terrorize... <laughs> you did not say that. You did not say that. Oh, my God. I'm an idiot. This is hating. Oh. Oh. Uh, uh, cringe. I didn't realize. You're cringe. Because it made sense, Christmas-hadding, because he wears a Christmas hat. You're cringe. All right. Christmas-hating. All right. Creature. But when the ravenous Christmas-hating creature begins to terrorize the town... And threatens to ruin the holiday. She finds a new purpose: trapping and killing the monster. This literally sounds like the original movie. Like I don't see a difference. I've always said it was scary, so like this is just solidifying that. Is this actually the Grinch? I mean, it's the Grinch, but it's called. They don't call him the Grinch. Who's playing the mean one? So it's definitely based off of the Grinch, but maybe the Grinch isn't public domain. Yeah, Yeah. right. But it's Cindy. Who's playing the Grinch? Ah, oh, that's a great question. The mean one, this guy right here. David Howard Thornton. He kind of looks like the Grinch right there, though, low-key. Hold the... F- Ew! I think he could play... Wait, hold on. What did he... What did he... What was that? Can you go down? Scroll down to his credits? Terrifier. Terrifier? Oh, he played him? Oh. Art the Clown. Oh, my God. No. He's I think scary. this guy's going to be really he, good. Who, I don't, yeah, I was just going to say, I don't really know what he's been Oh, I don't want to click on that. Fuck that. But it know. looks like it's going to be really good. Yeah. That's scary. I don't but like yeah. that. So, we got the Winnie the Pooh wow. horror movie, and we got the Grinch, the mean one horror movie. You're pretty exciting. Mega hype. I thought I had to share that. It was pretty cool. I think that's going to be exciting, and I think we should have... We should just like talk about it on the podcast. We'll watch it together. Yeah. We'll talk about fun. it. That'd be fun. All right. Maybe the Winnie the Pooh, too. Um... But I'm scared, so <laughs> Christian I won't, won't have a lot it. to contribute to it. Yeah, I'll probably be contributing the audio sound of it. I just won't watch it. Me and James watched uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Have you seen that? But, yeah, and that's terrifying. Was it scary? Yeah, scary stories. It actually, it mm-hmm. really wasn't that scary. Honestly, it was like it was I was scared creepy. of the Haunting Hour, bitch. Like, oh, I love that movie. That movie's terrifying. Ooh. The Haunting Hour with, with Emily, Emily Osment. Osment. I don't like Disney that. movie. Emily Osment, if you're listening, you the one. <laughs> You really are. Anthony up. Yo, my guy. Emily Osment, I remember when you had a music career for one song. It was amazing. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'm like, I don't so, know. I never listened to it. Last week's verses. <laughs> Jenny, oh, want, I actually have some brief for? news. Just really quick, I want to mention. Uh, currently, there is a serial killer in Stockton, California. Um, so police have linked several shootings to a possible serial killer out in Stockton, California. Um, it was seven shootings, six were fatal, uh, to a possible California serial killer who remains at large. So basically this person has been going around different areas and he's been, uh, targeting mainly Hispanic people. There was one, I think one Hispanic woman and then the other one were, uh, Hispanic men, but just be careful. You don't know what these people are Mm -hmm. doing. These people are crazy out here, so... I just wanted to mention that because it's interesting to have a serial killer who's like currently committing these terrible crimes. But that's yeah. insane. I know. So if it's you're really in Stockton, Cal- Stockton. Yeah, Stockton, California. Be careful. Yeah. For real. That's Don't scary. talk to strangers. Scary as fuck. Yeah. Yep. Stay safe out there, my friends. Is he doing like drive-bys? 
Um, I saw one woman talking about it. She was one. Of the, she was the victim who survived. He bas- she was homeless at the time, and he came around the corner and just started shooting her. Yeah. yeah. And she survived it, but it's kind of just like random. He doesn't really say anything, or apparently, like just, this is just what she kind of like the like, son of Sam. Yeah, similar. But he just pulls up, shoots, and walks yeah. away, or runs away, whatever. Yeah. So really sad, really scary. Scary stuff. Yeah. What's a dangerous place? Okay. Anyway, to the verses. <laughs> I'm, I will. I will segue this by just saying James right now looks like a elf from the North Pole. <laughs> Anyway, I'm going into my character at the guy, the kid from uh, Polar Express. Polar Express. I'm okay, really, you actually kind of look like him. So I'm really like, zoning into him right now. Oh my god! <laughs> so last week's verses, we had Chucky versus Le- the Leprechaun from mm-hmm. the horror m- movies. Now uh, the results are in, and the winner of the verses is Mr. Chucky with 62%. Mm. That is complete bullshit. Mm. I'm sorry. We watched watched the trailers and the Leprechaun has more powers than we think. Oh, yeah. Mm. We also Mm. didn't tell the story of, like, how apparently he has powers that can blow people up with his mind. Like, um, way more powers than Mr. Chucky, who has strength of a human, can do. Mr. Chucky's the Sonic of dolls. The Sonic of dolls? (laughs) Yeah. It's not supposed to impress me. Uh, have you seen Sonic Run? Anyways, um, so okay. thank Hold you guys so yourself. much for participating in our poll this week. Uh, if you guys want to participate in next week's poll, or this week's poll, follow us at, at New Realms Podcast, and it will be in our stories after this podcast gets released. And maybe we'll be pole dancing. Maybe we're pole dancing. <laughs> we're not. I uh, maybe maybe I am um, after the week I've had, but <laughs> Christian need to quit I mean, his job and become a just stripper. become a stripper. I'm so down for that. I can make mad money. Use the extra cash, why not? Right? <laughs> Me too. I got the for, for it. Uh, so this week's verses, what do we got? Juliana, you want to spit it? I'll spit it. All right. This week on the verses, <gasps> we got mm-hmm. Pennywise, aka it, the clown. <gasps> Ew. Versus the one, the freaky, Jason Voorhees. <gasps> Jason Voorhees. Hey, <laughs> Period. Uh, All right. Right off the bat. Mr. Wait, Prolapse asshole. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. What? We voting. Yeah. I was going to say just right off the bat, we yeah. should say. Three, two, oh. one. Pennies. No, you did not. What'd you say? I said it. I said it. 3v1? Uh-oh. It was 3v1 last week, too, and I won. So okay. you can, don't, don't okay. be discouraged. I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> okay. So. Nah, you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Jason Voorhees has relentless rage and anger. What? Why are you laughing? I just saw my reflection in my computer. <laughs> I look like the freaking guy that broke into the house. <laughs> In uh, Home Alone. Home Alone. That short guy. What was his yeah. name? Danny DeVito. Not Danny DeVito. <laughs> what was his name? He's a really That's famous actor, DeVito. too. I mean, Joe looks, Pesci. Oh, Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. I like Joe Pesci right now. Breaking into Home Alone house. That's funny. Joe Pesci. That's who it is. All right. All right. Let's uh, let's hear your, your wrong opinion. Danny DeVito. Okay. So. <laughs> That's enough. Jason Voorhees. True. He. This is This is what I want to say. Let me gather my thoughts. You don't even got an argument. I do. I do. Okay. Pennywise has to rest for 30 years. 27. 
whatever, 27 years. And he basically feeds off of the fear of children, okay? And he targets mainly children. I think only children. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, Jason Voorhees, who targets random... Just bitches at the lake. Yeah, people, whatever. But like his rage and his anger is like relentless, okay? And it has no boundaries where Pennywise's I mean, does. Doesn't he, isn't the he boundary the lake? I honestly don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, has he ever killed someone outside of the lake? Yeah, he, doesn't he go to the house, the lake house? The lake, the lake house. house. Where is that? <laughs> uh, the lake? On the lake. <laughs> <laughs> True. I mean, Pennywise is he's only in the, the town of right, Derry, right? Derry? Yeah. <clears throat> let's uh, get rid of their restrictions. Street fight? Street yeah. fight? I'm just going Pennywise. Just Pennywise, bro. Pennywise, Pennywise is whooping his Dude, ass. he can transform Jason? into anything he wants. He can make mm-hmm. you see things that it's not really there to trick you. Like, Jason's going to get confused. He's not smart. He doesn't yeah. play the smart game. He plays the strength game. He has superhuman strength. You confuse that motherfucker, he's punching a wall, breaking his hands, and boom. That's what I'm... Jason is a Done. moldy, crusty, prolapsed, having ass. Yeah, he's... he's yeah. He's going to crumble. He's going to crumble. Okay. Listen, Pennywise has rock hard abs. Jason punches that. <laughs> his hands crumble in. True. You know True. it. You know Pennywise be lifting. True. That's what I'm saying. I might change my mind. Not because I'm agreeing with you guys, but you did make good points. But because I forgot that Pennywise is a shapeshifter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he could shapeshift into anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or anything. You're afloat too. Or anything. True. Your float. All right. Too. You already. I'm, ta- I'm cashing in my one mulligan, and I'm changing my mind. I'm gonna go with Pennywise. Oh my so gosh! Wow. We agreed. All right. All I'm gonna this go was with- a moment. I'm going Jason. Yo, Pennywise <laughs> is whack, bro. Pennywise, Pennywise is whack. <laughs> I mean, I think we all can just re- relish in this moment of Juliana admitting that she was wrong. Okay, oh, I'll be devil's advocate. Write that down. I was not wrong. The loser club. Mm-hmm. Pennywise. <laughs> All right, Juliana. Now we gotta shave your head. That's the one rule to the oh mulligan. <laughs> Honestly, I would love to shave my head. I'm gonna shave my head next year. I told Juliana. I said next year I'm probably gonna go bold. I'm ready. I'm nice. shaving it off. So I've look forward to it. that. Uh, mm-hmm. I I think it'd be a good look, bro. Yeah. Can, yeah. I, can I rub your head? Yeah. Good luck. If I get three Only wishes, um, rub your head with your rub his head with your balls. That's the one condition. Wh- uh, <laughs> You heard her. What did she say? <laughs> Anyways, if you guys want to vote on that poll, please follow us on all social medias at New Realms Podcast. It'll be on our IG stories right after this podcast, so you guys can go vote. Probably right now, actually. We yes, had no. we had six TikTok followers. Now we have five. No. We have how many? It's in the Let tens. It's in the double digits, people. We're double digits, y'all. We have major Imagine update. says we have three. Major <laughs> I would cry. Okay. I unfollow. <laughs> we have 14 followers on TikTok. We're moving up in the world, y'all. And there are <laughs> seven new uploads. Okay, go check them out. Go give them a little like, give them a little thumbs up, give us a little follow. I am in charge of making the content on TikTok. So Period. that's why it might be a little whack. It's funny. Oh, boo. James, yeah. boo. Thank you, Christian. <laughs> It's hard being a content yeah. creator. Literally. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not. I'm risking it all with these thoughts right now, guys. Let's get it moving. <laughs> all right. Let's get all into right. the first conspiracy, y'all. Mr. Anthony, can you please tell us what you Bear got? Bear with me. Conspiracy. No voice.
Conspiracy number oh, wait. one. Before we go, I just want to uh, put a trigger warning yes. across the whole thing. Oh, we yeah. will be talking about serial killers. Pre-Juliana's thing. Um, <laughs> blood, gore. We'll be talking about sexual assault. So if you guys are triggered by these events, please just skip to next week's episode. Um, and we hope you guys have a great day. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Conspiracy we number go. one. <laughs> okay, guys. This is called the Bank of Souls. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. It originated from the Jewish mysticism, right? Mysticism. Mysticism, right? Mysticism. <laughs> Never heard that word before. That's a new one for me. Yeah. There you go. Put it in your dictionary, boys. Metaphysical. <laughs> All right. Metaphysical. Metaphysical. All right. <laughs> there is a <clears throat> there is a finite amount of souls that can exist at a time. That's what they believe. Oh. So this pool of souls is known as the chamber of guff. And it exists at the base of the tree of life. The tree of life has a fruit, and when the fruits are actually and the fruits represent actual souls. So Avatar. Yeah, pretty much. It's like that Adam and Eve fruit tree. Mm -hmm. They're eating souls. I mean, like literally in the movie Avatar, like there's the tree of life, and they connect to it, and they. And everything. Mm-hmm. I never seen the movie. Really? I yeah. totally forgot about that movie. Yeah, they, everyone does because it came out forty fucking years ago. They just <laughs> released a new one, um, a little too late. But like they connect like their hair, which is basically like the it's like sex for them, and they connect. <laughs> oh it to yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. That I know. Yeah. That's, like, that's the one thing I know. Like, you want to touch movie. tips with our hair? <laughs> touch my tip. You want to touch my tip? Ooh, I like your braids. You guys love your braids. <laughs> uh, anyway, put your split ends in my split ends. <laughs> <laughs> They're scissoring split ends. <laughs> yeah, literally. Anyway, so the tree of life has fruit, and the fruits represent actual souls. So whenever a child is conceived, Gabriel reaches into the chamber, which is at the base of the tree. Where the fruit has fallen, and he grabs a random soul and he passes it on to the child which has just been born. Um, you but, know how much work this is for Gabriel. Like people, b- babies are born yeah. like every minute. Exactly. So the tree has seasons of plenty and seasons of famine. So sometimes there's more people in the world that the tree can provide. Whoa, sorry. So <laughs> if somebody is born at the time the tree doesn't have any souls, that person is born without a soul. That's me. That's where this gingers come so from. Interesting. <laughs> this is crazy. This is like this is like genuinely not that like really aligned with my belief system, but like this is so interesting. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. I'm so interested. the people without a soul, especially, is true nowadays because there's a lot more people. Yeah. So the soulless people exist on this earth, with people that do have souls, and those people that don't have souls are here to test the people who have souls to judge their worth. In other words. Uh, it's to see how you deal with the opposition against you. Like, people are here to go against you and mm-hmm. be negative, and those people are just, they don't have souls. That's what they believe in. So okay, that's where it fell off for me, personally, where I could relate to it. But go ahead. They, uh, there's also <laughs> a, to a guy named Gabriel pulling souls out of a bottom no, of a tree. Just like, <laughs> the idea of, like, the yeah, soul, like there's a certain amount of souls yeah. and, like, going. That's yeah, kind of interesting. Was it reincarnation? Uh, in a way. To a degree, yeah. It's like there's only there's a certain amount of souls, and then when someone dies, a new soul gets put in someone's body. And that, but like for me, people who I think of as like lost souls would be more people who just haven't found their way, or like having a hard time picking out a career path, or maybe they got involved with drugs or some other like thing like that. Drugs. You know. Well, they yeah, also something. said soulless people 
hard to find like that always disagree with you that always hate what you hate that always like that not mm-hmm. like so haters people. yeah Interesting. They drink a lot of haterade. They're there to like mm-hmm. test you, basically. Yeah, preach that. Yeah, just to test your worth. Mm-hmm. But there's also a theory that satanic cults that sacrifice people are doing it to send souls back to the tree of life, to replenish the tree. So it would be a good thing. Yeah. Okay. And then when the tree runs out of souls, the people believe that that's the end of the world and it causes an apocalypse. This and the apocalypse replenishes the tree. Pretty much, yeah. Right. And then the cycle so happens start over. again. Mm-hmm. Yep. How have we not run out of that that tree cap yet? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I feel like maybe the tree just keeps growing. Like it's it's trees grow forever and ever and ever until they get cut down mm-hmm. or die internally from bugs and stuff like that. So maybe this tree is magical. Well, it's obviously magical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tree of but life, like, boy. So like it has special properties that can just keep growing forever. Do you know where this tree is? No. Like Oklahoma or something? Or? <laughs> no, oh it's just like It would be, if it was anywhere, trip. you know what it would be. Um, South Dakota. Antarctica? <laughs> oh. oh. I was going to say probably in like Brazil or something. I, I would, honestly, if I like really thought what it would be, it would probably be Africa. Yeah, that's what I would yeah. believe. I just would have assumed like in heaven or something, but. I I, like yours, I, my first guess would be on a like in a different dimension that I would, we obviously can't yeah. see but i would think like, like i said like the adam and eve like the yeah. the garden of eden kind of thing it would be, be a place wait that the garden you... of eden isn't here <laughs> it would be a place that you could astral project to but you the can't get there Riffs. really mm-hmm. the garden that's so, my theory i like it i i, yeah, I, like I love that. the idea of like there's a there's a limit on souls or yeah, something. yeah. That's like interesting. I, it's an interesting thought i don't know if i necessarily believe in it but like i think it's a cool way of thinking of like a maybe in like a reincarnation not exactly what the theory was but like in a, a reincarnation way or like um just a different belief system of how souls work i, I always find that interesting i also thought like instead of soulless people like you know how it says famine and everything maybe they yeah. have bad souls that mm-hmm. fall from the thing and that causes like serial killers that's what mm-hmm. yeah so something people when they say the soulless are testing the ones with souls are they testing them as in like a heaven or hell kind of thing or are they testing the soul to see if the soul is bad and they should get rid of it i don't you know, know it I says mean? to judge their worth so i guess so right to judge yeah. if they're yeah, good yeah it's mm-hmm. either good well i guess then again if they're bad they would just go to hell so i guess it's like a heaven and hell thing like if the soul's bad they get rid of the soul yeah mm-hmm. throw it in hell or whatever or similar concept because those yeah. are counted as soulless people yeah i wonder if i am i always i don't know just to me i feel that soulless people were always like i can think of a couple of people that i know in particular just people who haven't found their way who just get lost in like everyday life and they just haven't found their footing you know i uh, like i think of a few people off the top of my head but i don't know next time what next <laughs> you're time. an ass <laughs> <clears throat> Oh, Interesting. Cool. That was dope in. Thanks. And what was that called? The Bank of Souls. Bank of Souls. I like that name too. Yeah. I always also I just want to say I always think of I think it's Hercules, the scene Hercules. where yeah. Hades is like in the underworld and He's there's that the huge pool of yeah. souls. That for some reason oh, yeah. always resonated with me. Like I feel like that's real. Like I don't know mm-hmm. why. It's like Moon Knight too when they're in that ship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember that? I remember the ship with the souls. Yeah, there if souls you the left ship, the ship, you died, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
That's pretty cool. Love that movie. Very Hercules is freaking amazing. That was a really cool theory. Thanks. All right. Conspiracy number two. Mr. James, what do you got up? <clears throat> All right. So I got two conspiracies. Period. They One is short and one is even shorter. Okay? <laughs> we love that. The first one, Lay it on it's literally, board. it's just a theory. There's no um, credit, credibility towards it, I guess, okay. in a way. It's just a theory. It's just something for you to think about. Yeah. So skin. Your skin is actually... An like the dermis? Your skin, like on your body right now, your epidermis. Yeah. What other skin do you have, the Christian? Dermis. The dermis. I don't know, like Kim Skims. Skims? Yeah. What did he say? What? Skims. It's the like, what would you call it? Shapewear. Shapewear. Shapewear oh my God. that Kim Kardashian yeah. came out with. I want to try those. So everyone says those bras are so good. Just I should try them too. Oh my God, we're doing a review. <laughs> we'll do it on TikTok. Kim, send us free Kim, send bras. Us the it's crazy, right? <laughs> Shit, okay. if, it's free, if it's free, I'll take one too. Okay. <laughs> It'll be free promotion. Love that. So your skin yeah. is actually an alien parasite, and humans used to walk the earth as just skeletons before <laughs> before skin came around from space. So you tell me I'm skinny? Wait, 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 yeah. wait. Oh my god. Before skin. Oh. <laughs> that sounds this like a bunch. Bars. That sounds like a bunch of BS. <laughs> Oh, just I mean, foreskins. <laughs> I'm just saying, I was super skinny, y'all. <laughs> like, used to be just bones. I used to be bones. Can't get any skinnier than that. Period. I was big bone though because I still have broad shoulders. You think they made? If this was real, like, would they have made fun of me for my broad shoulder shoulders? Or like, like being as so that's tall? the fat. Like, you're so broad. No, like, as if you're so a good fat. thing. They probably been like, oh, he's so strong. He's got broad oh, he's shoulders. So strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I sure would have been the alpha. I would have been the alpha skeleton. Not that he's not How the alpha. How tall are you? Six eight. Six eight. Yeah. Six eight broad. I would have been alpha. an alpha. No doubt. Apparently, I'm not an alpha right now. I'm Apparently. A... Who said that? <laughs> Many people. You know why they said that? Because they're betas. Yeah. And they're scared of you. Mm. They can't. Don't they let nobody tell you. Recognize who you are a true on. alpha. Mm. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So I just thought that was something interesting. Talk you know? to me. Yeah. <laughs> Meet me back in BS, baby. Before skin. Hell Before skin. Anthony's going through puberty right now. I know. I got He's no a voice. Bloomer. He's Damn, a your voice was okay before. Now it's back. Yeah, in. I know. It's back. It's, it's back. like if I talk low, it goes back to normal. But uh, once I start talking, you, got, you had to oh, be yeah. in that yeah. range. Yeah. Yeah. Once you what like, it was like when Anthony was thirteen. Yeah, this POV. Was, POV. This is me now. Yeah, except he had long hair that covered his eyeballs. Oh my god, he literally, yeah, literally had the longest hair ever. Looks <laughs> like he was looking through curtain. Where parts. are you? Where are you? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> New okay. Blink 182 Friday. Let's go. So skin is actually an alien parasite. Like I said, just something interesting, cool topic. I figured people, you know, be like, that's, oh, that's cool. Hell yeah. So the the other theory I have is that everybody on Earth. Is dead. So is this like a purgatory type thing? No, it is. Everyone on Earth is dead right now, okay. and what we're doing is just living through our memories. In I our believe head. it. So Let me just say, go ahead. When nobody obviously really knows what happens when you die or when you're dying, there's obviously when you die, people say there's heaven or hell, reincarnation. Um, I don't know what else, but other shit. People, oh, you just some people just you just die, and that's literally it. Yeah. Which I don't believe. I in can't that. believe in that. But there's a bunch of different things. I'm fine with that. 
but nobody really knows what happens when you die obviously and when you are dying nobody really necessarily knows what's happening either the only thing we know is that every your all your bodily functions just that's it they just stop however some studies suggest that your brain activity actually keeps going for a couple minutes after you <clears throat> die so some people think that when you're dead and your brain activity is still going for those couple of minutes, that's you reliving your life as if when people say um, you see your life flash before your eyes, mm -hmm. that's what that is. So those one, two, three minutes where your brain activity is still going, even after you're dead, is you reliving your life. So those couple of minutes to you literally feel like a literal lifetime because they are your lifetime that you're reliving. So technically right now, not we don't know, but you're dead right now. Okay, let me just say this. Nothing that you could ever say to me will give me more existential dread than this topic. I think it's very interesting. It is. I do want to say really quick, I saw this person on TikTok, and this was probably like two days ago, and they were basically talking about this whole experience they had where they're very religious and into psychedelics and all these different things. Not religious, more spiritual, but he basically was explaining how him and his friends wanted to break away from this reality because like all of the psychedelic drugs he's done, he knows there's more realities than just this one. So they did like three doses each of DMT, which is so wow. much DMT each. And he basically had this experience where he broke away from this life. He watched himself. He felt himself. And it, he, this was only like a couple, I think it was like an hour experience, maybe 60 minutes. And he said it literally felt like it was his entire life. And that's how long it felt like it was going on for. So he basically explained that he remembered himself being born he remembered being in his mom's womb being born what that experience was like growing up as a toddler remembers almost every experience that he had when he was a toddler okay then he lives his life he does the same thing things that he did he just was reliving his entire life but he made like one different decision and he decided instead of moving to this one place he's going to move to new york instead and he finds the love of his life and doesn't pursue his music career and he settles down and he has this wife and this daughter and he's so happy and he's so in love and then he walks out of his apartment building a couple of years after that and he gets hit by a truck and he dies immediately and then he woke up okay and he was ha this was such a profound experience for him i wish i remembered what his name was because i would share it but this was such a profound experience for him that he says to this day and that was a few years ago he literally feels like he is mourning the loss that he ex like that he suffered he misses a wife and a kid that he never had because of how real this was for him and he even said that um he like verified it with his parents and his like family members that the things that he remembered when he was a toddler and when, when he had that experience and he went back and he saw himself as a kid and a toddler and all these things that he shouldn't remember and really can't remember his parents and everyone verified that it was 100% true and that really happened and they were so freaked out. So, and he was also saying, I don't know how like factual this is, but that apparently DMT like releases in your brain after you die, which is why people say like their it life does. flashes behind yeah, before mm -hmm. your eyes, whatever. So I just thought that was so cool and so interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. What I was going to say was maybe when you die and you relive your life, I wonder if you can make different decisions. Yeah. Which ties into what she yeah. was saying. I mean, Crazy. like, how would you, like, it's just, like, the video game, like, how would you know what to do, like, 
different. I feel like that's the thing is, too. <clears throat> Whoa. I feel like your brain is like super, sh- like, we don't know everything. Yeah. yeah. We only use like 10 I wonder if it can brain. become like different outcomes. Mm. But see, the thing is, kind of what, like what Christian's saying, you wouldn't know you're reliving your life. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. your brain would function the way it did in your normal life. So you would probably make the same decisions. True. Unless you were aware yeah. of it. Or, or maybe I don't know. I would you say you're probably you would make a different decision. you're probably doing the same thing that you did. Mm-hmm. It's probably just reliving those moments for you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you could change the outcome because you just wouldn't know it. I don't yeah. know if this happens to anyone else. I, like this kind of ties along into what we're saying. But sometimes I'll be making decisions and I'll say to myself, "This is wrong. Like this is not supposed to be happening this way. This is not the way things are supposed to be. This yeah. feels wrong." Does that ever happen to anyone? I, when I do something or something's about to happen and I get deja vu, and in my mind I see what happens if I make this decision, I will purposely make the opposite decision. I don't know if that deja vu is me, like a, like a different me in a different universe making Maybe that decision. Maybe that's you reliving your life saying. and then all of a sudden you got a flashback um, of real maybe. life. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, I thought you both were about to say, oh, I, in my mind, when I see, when I make a decision, I see a checkpoint that this is the one <laughs> yeah. is going to affect the future outcomes. This like in flag. the video game. Yeah, literally. <laughs> maybe that ties in what you were saying. Maybe that we were dead and the deja vu is just from when you were living. Well, I always thought that deja vu was you in a different, in a different universe. Yeah. Because I say you can only use like 10% of your brain. So I'm saying the other percentages of your brain are you in a different universe. Yeah. And you just so happen to check into that for, for some whatever reason. Yeah. That would be crazy. freaks me out so bad. I get it so many times. And it's like, it's, it's nerve wracking how many times I get it. Mm-hmm. And apparently like, it also is linked to like narcolepsy. And apparently I might have that. So like, that might be, <laughs> that might be a thing. Because I also get sleep paralysis every day. Mm-hmm. So like people, like that actually might be connected between like, uh, narcolepsy and that and like it's your brain lagging apparently apparently i don't really believe that mm-hmm. but like that's the scientific explanation for deja vu wow. is that your brain lags behind i dream a lot yeah but i i true i do think it's like dreams every night what i have vivid, <coughs> vivid dreams I have, like, every night dreams that actually do like actually happen in real life but I, they happen months later have you ever had dreams where you're physically affected it's like a few weeks ago i i'm pretty sure i told you guys but a few weeks ago I had a dream where someone stabbed my two legs and I had woken up from sure pain from that area. I open, I go look at my legs and there's red marks at those two areas, like big, big red marks. And they're painful. Like I literally was like screaming in pain. And my mom comes and she saw, she's like, there's these red marks, but they didn't come from anything. And then within like uh, two minutes, they were gone. Whoa. Interesting. It was just, it was like just these really big circled red marks. But in my dream, someone stabbed me with like knives on mm-hmm. my legs, and it ha- it like appeared. Now that makes me wonder, like, what happened first? That pain in your legs, and then or the dream? and then That's my crazy. brain I was, was just thinking that. Well, yeah. Was my did something like yeah happen? Yeah. And then yeah. my brain just like associated that pain with something, yeah. or did that happen first? And it showed up in my leg as a response. Yeah. Like it was that my brain responding to my dream as pain mm-hmm. like they're like oh there's pain there something has to be there and it's red send all the blood to it mm-hmm. like that's crazy i have something really interesting i never talk in my sleep ever ever i never do it i sometimes when i'm falling asleep i'll make a noise and you'll know i'm falling asleep but i never talk in my sleep okay mm-hmm. and this had to be like four or five weeks ago 
I had a dream that me, James, and Anthony, sorry, Christian, you're probably working in my dream. Wow. We, <laughs> we, we, were, we went somewhere. We were like in some lake house or something. And I was laying down on the couch and Anthony's saying something to me. And I'm like, I said something back to him. I was like, oh, I heard like, that would be cool. And then he says it again. I'm like, yeah, that'd be cool. And then he says it a third time. And I, out loud, I say, yeah, that would be cool. And I'm like, I just thought that was weird. But. Anyway, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> That's some crazy We're deja about vu. Dreams. That never happens to me, though, so I thought it was interesting. That used to happen to me a lot. Like, I, I used like to talk my sleep, too, apparently. And you do talk in your sleep. Yeah. For sure. I talk in my sleep, too, I think. This is really interesting. Last thing I'm going to share. My dad has Parkinson's, so for those of you who don't know that... And he, one symptom of Parkinson's that I didn't know is really severe, like, sleep paralysis and these really, really vivid dreams. He would, my mom would tell me when we were, like, when I was younger, that he would be having these dreams. And I would hear him. My room was right next door. And he would literally be fighting someone. And he'd be like, give me my fucking money. And, like, punching the <laughs> air and freaking out. Or he would have these dreams where, like, something funny would be going on. He would be at, like, whatever kind of comedy show. And he would just be laying in bed sleeping and literally be hysterical laughing next to my mom in bed. Ew. And so, like, that's creepy. Yes, it was so freaky because I could hear it sometimes and it mm-hmm. really was a freaky experience. But it just makes me wonder like how your brain and like how having like a degenerative brain disorder like Parkinson's, like what that does to your brain and how like, how it affects your dreams and what you do in your sleep. I thought that was really interesting how that's a symptom. So When I was younger, I forget who told me this. I think I was sleeping over my cousin's house or something like that and i don't remember what he told me i wish i remember exactly but he said i was in my sleep and i was saying something somebody stole maybe it was a pirate or something like that but somebody stole like it was my mac and cheese or my pizza or like ice cream <laughs> or something like that and i was like give me back my ice cream or whatever it was give me back my ice cream yeah that's what i was dreaming that's about when i was a kid Aww. i mean funny. fair like if someone stole my ice cream i'd be pissed so yeah I just used to have vicious nightmares that I would be kidnapped every single night. <laughs> I, I used to have the nightmares after Hocus Pocus, funny enough. Uh, I guess I was just like terrified of witches and stuff like that. And so I used to have night terrors from whenever I first saw that movie until probably around like 13. Uh, every night have a night terror that my mom and my dad and brother were skinned alive in my basement. And like I would go down every single time, go down to my basement and see their bones. And then I would run upstairs and there would be this big blue monster like alien thing or slash witch outside of the window of like my house and i'd scream try to run back downstairs and then the witches from hocus pocus were there and like gonna kill me what hocus pocus movie did you watch my god literally you have the night terrors i used to have were absolutely insane and that's on childhood trauma (laughs) that's crazy yeah wow so deja vu now this, like I said, this is obviously everyone is dead. That's what I called it. Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily need to be everybody on Earth's dead, but you could just be the one that's dead. Mm-hmm. So you, you right now could Always be. Always said it. Right now you could be dead on the floor, and you wouldn't even know it. Okay. I told you. I said I this. this. I, I said this first podcast. POV me right now. Yeah. Remember I said, maybe I'm just dead. Yeah. You that don't was know. such a weird podcast what the first one your weird podcast we were just all over the place yeah i did say that i did talk about that well anthony you stole my freaking thing wow fake. i predicted the future man <laughs> and that is everyone on earth is dead 
Cool. <laughs> Period. Like, honestly, I feel that that was it, existential crisis for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Juliana will be thinking s- about this tonight when before she goes to bed. <laughs> I figured All that right. fit the spooky, you know. Oh, I, hell it's yeah. Creepy. It's creepy. creepy, right? Yeah. It's definitely creepy. Mm-hmm. It like, causes existential the, dread, which is a type of dread, which is creepy. So The thought that everyone can be dead is just scary enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We give James the, rewar- the award for having the most theories that create more con- conversations <laughs> literally it's so short every single time literally i always i always say oh my theories are short but then they end up going for like 20 Forever. 30 minutes that was but literally like 20 minutes yeah but i mean we just have such engaging conversations every time that was a i love that conversation <laughs> me too i'm just saying that was a great conversation that, you guys literally had a sneak peek of what our real conversation <laughs> and real life would have been like if this just got brought up yeah. like that yeah. was for sure a real conversation between us we're doing this podcast for you yeah. period because mm-hmm. we love you guys all right christian it is your time to shine conspiracy <laughs> number three all right so uh i actually don't want to make fun of anything because like i'm gonna be talking about something serious but all right be respectful um let's get our jokes we'll be talking yeah i just want anthony and james do not do any of the stupid shit you did last week what are you talking about growling into the mic (laughs) pretending you're vampires this isn't like anything like there wasn't really anything you can kind of like make fun of in here it's just really like a basic like murder and thing so it's not really it wasn't like last time where we talked about like asses Christian, that was a little crazy. the floor is yours. All right. So we will be talking about the Toolbox Killers. Um, so uh, <laughs> automatically, I can't I even look at Anthony right is now. hysterical <laughs> laughing. <laughs> hysterical laughing for no reason. Literally for no reason. I gotta you, close my eyes. You told us not to goof around and we can't. Not, <laughs> we're thinking about it. Words. Literally children. I shouldn't have said anything. We shouldn't have said shit. Um, but anyway, so we'll be talking about uh, Lawrence Bittaker. And Roy Norris. <laughs> Are you? Sorry. Right. I'm so, anytime I look at Anthony, he's just making this that face. We're sorry if we I'm offend a, you, but like, yeah, I mean, like we goof around, and this is how. I also we're not laughing at this. We're just laughing at each other. in general. Goofy. This is how we cope with our seriousness. And, and we're also yes. like when we're uncomfortable, we're left too. So it's that's also a thing. What is this called, Christian? The toolbox. The toolbox killers. Um. To be honest, oh, I don't. Killers. Yeah, they're That's killers. It. There are two guys. Oh, two Lawrence uh, Bittaker and Roy Norris. Um, so let me talk uh, just like their early life briefly, and then mm-hmm. I can't get into everything because there's literally so much, and my brain can't take that right now. Um, this also, could be like a sneak peek. Maybe. We can always talk. Yeah, about we can always go into a deep dive. dive uh, they have five. They are, uh, they killed five people. Um, suspected more. Uh, so like we can definitely go into more, but I just want to get a little bit into their early life. So Lawrence Bittaker, uh, he was an unwanted child of a couple who had chosen not to have children. He was placed into an orphanage by his birth mother and was adopted, um, by his future parents. Uh, Bittaker was first arrested for shoplifting at the age of 12 and obtained a minor criminal record over the next four years after like further arrests um for the same offense in addition to petty theft which brought him then to juvie um Bittaker would later claim that these numerous like threat related offenses uh, that he committed throughout his like kid uh and childhood 
uh, were attempts to compensate for like the lack of love he received from his parents, like all the like, oh, I didn't receive attention type of thing. That's like every serial killer. I feel like L- literally, like I feel right. like it's literally every serial mm-hmm. killer. They're like, I didn't get the attention I wanted, so I had to get it some other way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so uh, he had been arrested for car theft and a hit and run and evading arrests. Uh, for those offenses, he was imprisoned. At the California Youth Authority prison, where he remained until he was 18 years old. So he got locked up basically the majority of his life when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, upon release, Bittaker discovered that he was ado- his adoptive parents had disowned him and moved to another state and he would never see them again. And then after being out on parole, Bittaker was arrested in 1970. Uh, for assault with an attempted attempt to commit murder after he stabbed a young supermarket employee who had accused him of stealing. Wow. So, I mean, like, acu- accused him of stealing kind of matches. Like, that tracks. Like, yeah, I'm like pretty sure he didn't accuse though. you. I'm pretty sure you you stole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty damn sure. So, let's go into Roy. Uh, and then I'll talk about how they got acquainted. Um, how, first, how do you guess they got acquainted? You told us. Hardware store. Did I? You told me and Julian. I don't think Anthony was there. Oh, okay. I don't so want to spoil no. it. <laughs> I'll tell you guys in a little bit. That was a good that guess, honestly, though. The hardware store. It would have been my guess, though, if With I didn't know what it was. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Roy was placed in also foster care when he was a kid. He also, he was going between his like real parents and foster care for his, the majority of his childhood. Um, uh, uh, Norris's childhood recollection recollections were interspeared or spursed with memories of wrongful ac- accusations while living with his biological parents and of being like neglected again, the mm-hmm. same thing. Um, by many of his foster families that he lived with and frequently being denied sufficient food or clothing. So he was basically saying he was... His basic n- needs weren't being met yes. at all. Yeah, he was starved. Um, he also claims clothed. to be sexually abused in some of his foster care homes, which is a big a thing. Lot. That happens a lot. Ashton Kutcher is literally fighting for that. Literally, yeah. Ashton, yeah. that's his like entire like yeah. thing now is Ashton yeah. Kutcher is going for trying to change the ato- adoption and foster care system. So it's a high percentage of kids that are molested. Oh, mm-hmm. for sure. Oh, yeah. It's insane, like, how we just throw kids into a system. And especially... And... Oh, God, sorry. No, no, continue. No, I was just going to say, especially because so many of them jump from one home to another to another. So even if they have one good home, odds are they had at least one bad home also. And mm-hmm. whatever happened in that bad home, who knows, you know? It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, just to also make a note... Uh, about the sexual abuse that he claims that happened to him. It was by a Hispanic family, which he later states that his prejudice towards Hispanic people originated from the neglect and abuse that he endured as a child from that family. Mm-hmm. Um, again, does not excuse any of that, mm-hmm. but th- that's just his reasoning. Yeah, yeah. To understand. Uh, and then while living with his birth parents at age of at the age of 16, Norris visited the home of a female relative who was in her early 20s, and she began speaking to her in a sexually suggestive manner. Uh, she ordered him to leave her house and informed Norris's father, who threatened to subject him to, like, a beating. Uh, Norris then stole his father's car and drove into the Rocky Mountains, where he attempted suicide by injecting pure air into his artery. Oh, my God. Wow. His arm. Um he was then later apprehended uh, as a runaway and returned to live with his parents. And then when he came home, his parents informed him that he and his younger sister were unwanted children and then and that they intended to divor- be divorced. And when both reached adolescence, they were kicked out of the house. How the hell did he survive that? Literally. I don't know. That is like, first of all, I, I 
never in my life heard of someone purposely trying to commit suicide that way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, someone, like, you would you would have an trip. aneurysm. They call it an yeah. air aneurysm. Yeah. And that's like how like sometimes people who use drugs like that's IV drugs. Yeah. That's how they die. I know someone who died that way. Mm-hmm. It's that's crazy. I don't know yeah. how he survived that. Where okay. did he? Oh, he probably didn't get it in the artery he probably yeah. missed or he, something yeah. like because if he hit the artery he would have died yeah exactly it probably didn't go in it probably like he missed it and yeah. it just went in his like arm mm-hmm. interesting that's yeah it's kind of crazy um what else are you saying no i asked where he lived live. where did he live uh, i was just because i'm just i never thought like hold on, let me doing see. that like you said well, he drove to the Rocky colorado Mountains. yeah I'm surprised he didn't like jump off a mountain or something. I, I don't know. I'm, that's just not the same saying. thing. That's like, I feel like that's such an such uncommon, a unique yeah. way to try to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. That's how sick in the head he was, probably. Yeah, yeah it's really sad. Uh, just also like a side note, like um, even though he had like a really high like um, IQ, he dropped out of high school and went into the navy. Like just like this is oh he had towards, a high like, IQ. Yeah, he had a really high IQ. I think it was. Uh, let me see it. He had an IQ of one thirty eight. Wow. I feel like a lot of serial killers have good high IQs, too. The Unabomber had a really high IQ. Yeah, right. Um, But for Roy, uh, just uh, in November of 1969, Norris was arrested for his first known sexual offense. He was charged with both rape and assault with attempt to commit rape. Uh, Less than three months after this offense, Norris was diagnosed by military psychologists with schizoid personality disorder. Mm -hmm. He was given an administrative discharge from the Navy under the terms labeled as psychological problems. And then three months after his release, Norris approached a 27-year-old woman walking home from a restaurant in Redondo Beach and offered her a ride on his motorcycle. When she declined, Norris parked his motorcycle and grabbed the woman's scarf, twisting it around her neck before informing her that he intended to rape her and dragging her into a nearby bush, fearing for her life the woman didn't resist the rape and just mm-hmm. let him do it. Um, and then Norris was arrested for the rape, and then one year later he was tried and convicted for the offense and went to jail. Wow. Now, they both happened... So this is how they know. Uh, they knew each other. They both happened to go to the same jail. A so match they, made in heaven. A match made in heaven. Bittaker <laughs> and Norris initially became closely acquainted when they first went to the jail. Bittaker's initial impression of Norris uh, was that he was like a savvy individual and largely associated with like hardened criminals from motorcycle gangs and in addition to dealing with like contraband and drugs. Um, the pair gradually became more closely acquainted and began talking in like friendly terms when Norris taught Bittaker how to construct jewelry. Um, And, like, they could sell that stuff and, like, you know, Mm -hmm. get commissary. Uh, According to Norris, Bittaker saved him from being attacked by fellow inmates on at least two occasions. And then by 1978, the pair had become close acquaintances, discovering that they shared an interest in sexual violence and misogyny, with Norris also divulging uh, to Bittaker the biggest stimulation for him was seeing frightened young women, and then adding that this was the primary reason he had amassed a lengthy record for sexual offenses. Um, and then Bittaker, who had not known to have committed any sexual offenses prior to his meeting, also divulged to him that uh, if he ever raped a woman, he would kill her so not to leave a witness. Uh, so basically, a match made in heaven. Like, they, yeah, it it the sounds fuck? like this was like the best combo. Like they're like, is yeah. this what you talk about in prison? Like, how did they get out of prison? 
That's what I'm like it's immediately almost... electric chair. Like immediately yeah. <laughs> that's what I that's like it's my insane. preference. It's literally like they're like, Oh my god, do you like killing women too and raping them? <laughs> Me too. No, it's almost like because the other guy didn't necessarily rape. He didn't rape, but it's he... more like you rape, I I'll kill. kill. Let's do that. crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, you know, to hide your evidence what you did. Yeah. It literally like that it's just like the whole th- the whole plot of the meeting is insane to me. Like you you're literally in prison for one uh what was the hit and run and then the other one was uh rape. rape. Mm-hmm. And so like you literally like one killed someone and <laughs> one fucking raped someone and you're like, "Oh, let's just ma- match them together, you know." Yeah. Like that's, that's crazy. crazy. Last week the justice system worked. This week, not so much. It, it, it really, <laughs> it really it, didn't. It created these monsters. Yeah, yeah, quite literally created a serial killers. Yeah. Uh, so when they were alone in the jail, the pair regularly discussed plans to assault and murder teenage girls after they were released. This, this shared fantasy evolved into an elaborate plan to murder one girl of each teenage year from 13 to 19. The pair vowed to become reacquainted once they were released from prison. It's like a game. Literally. Literally. They literally are making it a game. It's like, the, I just like the thought of what th- was going through their brains is like, I, I can't fathom it's it. It's unfathomable. And they're not like, yeah. oh man, this is wrong, but we'll do it. It's like, yeah. oh, this could be fucking awesome. Exactly. Literally. Like, what? they're planning a party. Like, literally. This is their reward for staying mm-hmm. in prison. Yep. Um, so their release, Bittaker was released from the uh, the jail where he returned to Los Angeles, found work as a mechanist. Um, this work earned him like $1,000 a week. Uh, and despite classifying himself as a loner, he became friendly with several people in his neighborhood, earning like a really popular reputation as like generous and helpful individual who occasionally donated money to the Salvation Army. Um, so he kind of like rebranded. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bittaker was particularly popular among the local teenagers, and he later admitted the reason was because he had drugs in his hotel room, and that he sold to them. Wow, uh, what, a, what a guy! <laughs> three months after Bittaker was released from jail, Norris had been released from prison and moved into his mother's home in Redondo Beach. Within one month of his release, he raped a woman, um, wow. whom he then simply abandoned in a desert and left for dead. He soon found employment as an electrician in Compton, and shortly thereafter, he received a letter from Bittaker, where they became reacquainted to discuss their plan to kill these teenage girls. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to go into all the murders. I'll talk about the first one and the last one where he gets caught, just because there's too many. Uh, so Bittaker and Norris, well, actually, from February to June uh, 19th, June of 1979, Bittaker and Norris picked up over 20 female hitchhikers. This was before they murdered anyone. They did this um, because they didn't want to assault these girls. They wanted to do a practice run, merely a way for them to develop a ruse to lure girls into the van voluntarily and of discovering like secluded locations that they can use. And then in late April of uh, 1980, the pair found an isolated fire road in the San Gabriel Mountains where Bittaker broke open the locked gate with a crowbar and replaced it with their own so they can go in whenever they want. Mm-hmm. So now we'll go into the murder of Lucinda Lynn Schaefer. Uh, Bittaker and Norris killed their first victim, who was 16 years old, on June 24th, 1979. Schaefer was last seen leaving a church meeting in Redondo Beach. Uh, in his written accounts, uh, Norris uh, Bittaker stated that Norris finished first finished constructing the bed of their... Uh, the 
rear of their van beneath which they had like placed tools and coolers and with beer and drinks which at 11 a.m. the pair drove to the beach drinking beers, smoking weed, and flirting with all the girls there, which they didn't have a plan. They just they didn't know who they were going to kill. They were just seeing who's there. Mm-hmm. Um, around 7.46 p.m., Norris spotted Schaefer walking down a side street and remarked that there's a cute little blonde. Um, after unsuccessfully attempting to entice Schaefer into their van with alternative offers of marijuana and a lift home, Bittaker and Norris drove further ahead, parked alongside the driveway, Norris then exited the vehicle, uh, opened the passenger side sliding door, and leaned into the van with his head and shoulders obscured from view behind the door. When Schaefer passed the van, Norris exchanged a few words with her before dragging her into the van and closing the door. Um, uh, Using a ruse they would repeat in most of their other murders, uh, Bittaker turned on the radio to full volume as Norris bound the victim's arms and legs and gagged her with duct tape so people craw- uh, nearby wouldn't hear her scream. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in April, the pair had previously switched the locks on the that like one door, so that's where they took her. Mm-hmm. They took her to that location. And despite initially screaming when she was abducted, Schaefer quickly regained her composure and... Uh, Bittaker wrote that Schaefer displayed a magnificent state of self-control and composed acceptance of the conditions of which she had no control. She shed no tears, offered no resistance, and expressed no great concern for her safety. I guess she knew what was coming. Those were his words. Um, at the fire road, Norris first raped Schaefer after instructing Bittaker to go take a walk and return in one hour. Upon returning to the van, Bittaker simply raped the girl in Norris's absence upon the second occasion in which she was raped by Norris and Bittaker's absence. Schaefer asked him whether they intended to kill her to which Norris replied. No. In response, Schaefer requested to be allowed time to pray before she was killed. If that was Bittaker and Norris's intention, mm-hmm. um, in their subsequent accounts of the actual murder, Bittaker and Norris gave differing accounts as to who argued over whether they should kill her rather than release her. Each stated the other said that they should kill her. Um, So we don't really know what happened with that. But in any event, Schaefer pleaded for only a second to pray before Norris attempted to manually strangle her. And then after about 45 seconds, he became disturbed at the look in her eyes and ran to the front of the van and vomited. Uh, Bittaker then manually strangled Schaefer until she collapsed to the ground and began convulsing. He then twisted a wire coat hanger around her neck with a vice grip plier until she convulsed and ceased. Uh, Schaefer was denied her request to pray before Bittaker and Norris killed her, and her body was wrapped in plastic shower curtains and thrown onto a st- in over a steep cannon. And Bittaker found like while he was scoping the place out. So, so who, wait, who actually killed her? Bittaker? Um, Bittaker. They both did. They both did, but well, Bittaker was, was actually... the last one. Mm-hmm. So it was. So he was the one. Because remember, I said earlier mm-hmm. that he was going to be the one that killed. Yeah. Because the other guy threw up because he never. The other guy threw up because he didn't really want to kill her. Yeah. I believe that he was the one who didn't want to kill her. Like if he couldn't mm-hmm. do it, I I I do think Bittaker was probably the main person to drive that. Mm-hmm. Um. Literally a match in heaven right there. <laughs> it's Perfect. In, it's insane. Like That's just crazy. the thought that would go into that is yeah. disgusting. Mm-hmm. And you know, just thinking like 
how they said that she was so calm and she knew, she accepted her fate. Mm-hmm. That's just so scary. Like just to be in that mindset of what if that happened to me, like I don't know what I would have done. Mm-hmm. So that's just insane. It's so sad. Yeah, it's, it's so it's beyond sad. Yeah. And my thing is, this guy Norris was choking her, mm-hmm. couldn't handle it, and threw up. Yeah, almost like he has that. He has a conscience where he's like, "Oh man, killing her—that's not a good idea." It's this girl like I'm throwing up. At least he's like, subconscious. But he's like, "But raping her—that's fine." Yeah, that's literally. fine. I can rape women. That's fine. That, How, like, where is that. your mindset? It's bro? crazy. Yeah, when Christian said that, he ran to the front of the van to throw up. I was like, "That was the, where like, you drew that, the line." That you yeah. couldn't do. Like you could just could... find women, plan to rape them. Like literally, all that's fine. And kicking, but nothing. murdering. I'm not about that life. Like, that's basically what his philosophy was. I can rape you, but I definitely won't murder you. It's like last week where the guy said, I could have assaulted her, but I just killed her instead. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't touch her sexually, but I could have. It's like the same thought, oh which is gross. Wow. Um, so that was their first kill together. Um, and then I'll talk about their last kill, which was Shirley Lynette Ledford. Ledford? Ledford. And this was the fifth person they killed? This was the fifth. Okay. Bittaker and Norris abducted their final victim, 16-year-old Shirley Lynette Ledford, on October 31st, 1979, Halloween. Uh, Ledford was abducted as she stood outside a gas station hitchhiking home from a Halloween party in Sunland, Tujunga, suburb of Los Angeles. Um, Investigators believe that Ledford accepted a a ride home from Bittaker and Norris because she recognized Bittaker as he was known to have frequented like the restaurants where uh, she was a part-time waitress, part-time waitress. Mm-hmm. I can't speak. <laughs> Upon accepting the offer of a lift home and entering the van, Ledford was offered marijuana by Norris, which she refused. And then Bittaker drove the van to the secluded street that they found, where Norris drew, drew a knife and then bound and gagged Ledford with a construction tape. Uh, Bittaker then traded places with Norris, who drove in an aimless manner for in excess of an hour as Bittaker remained with Ledford in the back of the van. After removing the construction tape from the girl's mouth and legs, Bittaker tormented her, uh, tormented Ledford, initially slapping and mocking her, then beating her with his fists as he repeatedly shouted for her to say something. Uh, then Led- as Ledford began screaming, shouting f- uh, for her to scream louder, Ledford continued screaming. Uh, Bittaker began asking her as he struck her, what's the matter? Don't you like to scream? Uh, as Ledford began to cry, she pleaded with Bittaker, repeatedly saying, no, don't touch me. Uh, and then in response, Bittaker again ordered her to scream as loud as she wished and then began alternately striking her with a hammer, beating her breasts with his fist and torturing her with pliers, um, both between and throughout instances when he raped and sodomized her. So, throughout the whole time, he was just uh, torturing her with pliers. Wait, he was raping her while he was torturing her? Yeah. Jeez. Um, Where was this other guy? Where was Norris? He was driving. Okay. Uh, uh, Repeatedly, Ledford can be heard pleading for the abuse to cease and making statements like, no, 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 please stop, no, no. Um, As sounds a bit taker alternately extracting either the sledgehammer or pliers from the toolbox. Uh, where he can be heard on a tape recorder that he had switched on after entering the rear of the van. Uh, Norris later described hearing screams and constant screams uh, emanating from the rear of the van that he drove. So this entire time, she's just screaming for her life, and he's just driving. 
which is disgusting. So nonchalantly. I can't oh, even yeah. drive when the radio is too loud. I'm like, damn, I got to lower this. I can't. Can you imagine mm. someone getting tortured and like well, killed in the back of your van? Yeah, but that guy Norris, he said he likes to rape frightened women. So he loved, he's he probably lo- loving that shit. He wanted her to scream. Like, yeah. He's literally begging her to scream because that turns him on. Mm-hmm. It, 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 like literally, I feel disgusting reading this. Um, shortly after Norris switched places with BitTaker, he himself switched on the tape recorder that BitTaker had used to record much of the time he had been in the rear of the van and Norris first shouted for Ledford to go ahead and scream or I'll make you scream. Uh, in response, Ledford pleaded, I'll scream if you stop hitting me, then admitted several high pitched screams as Norris encouraged her to continue until he ordered her to stop. Um, after approximately two hours of captivity, Norris killed Ledford by strangling her with a wire coat hanger, and he, uh, which he tightened with the pliers that he was using to torture her. Um, Ledford did not react to the act of strangulation, although she died with her eyes open. Uh, Bittaker then opted to discard her body on a random lawn in order to view the reaction from the press. Uh, the pair what? drove to a randomly selected house in Sunland where the Norris discarded Ledford's body in a bed of ivy upon the front lawn. Uh, Ledford, Ledford's body was found by a jogger the following morning and then an autopsy revealed that she had been sexually violated and strangled to death. So, um, upon linking Bittaker and Norris to the rape of a separate woman, Robin Robeck, uh, earlier on, mm-hmm. uh, the police department placed Norris under surveillance within days after that, that they had found out. Um, on November 20th, 1979, Norris was arrested by the police department for parole violation after they found out he sold drugs. Um, so that's how they first got him. And then Bittaker was arrested for the rape of Robin Robeck because they had evidence that he did that. Although Robeck had identified mugshots of Bittaker in Norris, she was unable to positively identify her assailants in a lineup. Um, so they couldn't keep them on the rape of Robin Robeck, but they were able to keep um, uh, Bittaker and Norris for drug possession. Mm-hmm. Um, so after a search of Bittaker's apartment revealed several Polaroid photographs, which were determined as depicting Hall and Gilliam, which were two other victims that they had killed. Um, both of whom had been reported missing like earlier that year inside Bittaker's van. And then uh, investigators discovered a sledgehammer, a plastic bag filled with lead weights, a book deal detailing how to locate police radio frequencies, a jar of Vaseline, two necklaces later confirmed uh, to be belonging to two of the other victims, uh, and a tape recording of a young woman in obvious distress, screaming and reportedly pleading for mercy while being tortured and sexually abused. Um... So after finding all of this evidence, they then were uh, convicted of uh, the murder of the last woman. I sure hope they were. Yeah. <laughs> Did they get sentenced to death? So one was sentenced to death. Uh, one was sentenced to death. I think it was Norris. Uh, let me just double check. I want to make sure that because um, one took a, a guilty plea uh, and ratted out the other. Of course. <laughs> so... They're smart. Well, I mean, yeah, they they had too much on them. So the confession, um, let's see. Uh, where was it? I have to go back to the article. Uh, guilty plea. On March 18th, 1980, Norris pleaded guilty to four counts. So Norris pleaded guilty 
and ratted on uh, BitTaker, where BitTaker was convicted of um, the murder and rape of all these women and sentenced to death, where he died before he actually was able to get killed for the death penalty. He died he before die? that. Um, Damn, could you imagine that? That's crazy. Yeah, I think he just died of natural causes. How died old? in prison while waiting execution, it just says. Do you know how old they were? Um, he died at the age of 79. Oh, wow. okay, they were old. Yeah. So they were old. But mm-hmm. that's basically how they were arrested. Um, Wait, what happened to Norris, then? How many... I'm guessing he had Norris life. was just, I think, got life. Um, for Convictions, first-degree murder, second-degree murder, kidnapping, rape, and robbery, life imprisonment, with the impossibility of parole after 30 years, and he never got granted a- that. A.K.A. dead. Yeah. Yeah, he, he died in 2020, actually. Really? Uh, yeah, actually, I remember this picture going around. Wow. That's crazy. Hmm. Wait, so how old was he when he died then? He had to be... He was 72. In 2020? 2020. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Holy shit. I keep my comments short and sweet. It's disgusting. Despicable. And I'm glad they're dead. I'll keep my comments even shorter and sweeter. Fuck them. Fuck (laughs) them. That's it. That, yeah. They're disgusting. Humans. (sighs) I always feel like I have to, like, decompress after hearing stuff like that. It's yeah. so vile. Yeah. It's it's disgusting just, like, to think of that people can get into the mind frame of that mm-hmm. doing yeah. that. And then to even go further of, like, having planned that for years. And, like, I don't know. It's just so disgusting to me. See, my thing is when I hear stuff like that, I don't know if it's the way I cope or if I really just genuinely, it's just so outlandish. I just can't believe it. Like, I know it's true, yeah. obviously, but it's just so unbelievable. I just can't believe it. Yeah. But it's I know it's true. the first time I heard of two people, like, teaming up like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's rare because I feel like rape and sexual assault is such a, like, it's a crime of power. So I think it's rare for two people to be in on the same thing like that because they both would like to be the one in control and the one who has the most power in the situation that's just like what that makes exactly yeah yeah. and i feel like they paired each other so well because one was more into you know doing the sexual assault yeah one was more into the murder so like they were they really just complimented each other which is really in the worst ways yeah (laughs) damn that's fucked up yeah yeah and if you didn't hear from the last story, they were known by the toolbox killers because they had a toolbox where they kept all their torture weapons. Pliers and yeah. a lot of wire hangers, apparently. Uh, apparently <laughs> a lot of wire hangers, Literally. which is... How many did you go through? Did you go through a laundry a laundromat and get so many? Like, I don't yeah. understand. But. So, there were five murders. How many not murders? Like, Let me see that, if I can I get know. that real That's quick. Say, um, so, they had like five... There had to be a, at least a couple. It says five victims, but there is definitely way more because, like... That was five victims together, but they each had like, there was like twenty just for. Oh, okay. But together there was only together there was only five victims. I got you. And they killed every single one of them, right? All five. Other other than Robin. How did she survive? Uh, I don't know. It's not even on. It wasn't on like any of the article. She was like a subsequent rape that they had done. But she couldn't pick them out uh, from the lineup, so Mm -hmm. like it didn't do anything but she like she she chose their mug shots which was crazy to me mm-hmm. so you you chose their mug shots but she couldn't identify either one of them in the lineup i think it must be hard as a victim especially yeah. if you're going something that dramatic and having it that fresh in your mind where it's like i, I can't even imagine 
dealing with that and having to go and pick these people out and seeing them right there in front of you with only a piece of glass separating you like that has to be so traumatic yeah uh bit taker was arraigned on 29 charges of ra- kidnapping rape sodomy and murder so there's 29 different charges that's that's crazy. terrible yeah Jeez. all right conspiracy number four juliana what you got not juliana. a conspiracy a haunting. Oh. Getting really into the spooky season. Hell yeah. Okay, so have you guys ever seen the movie The Haunting in Connecticut? Yes. Yeah, you forced us to watch it, right? We did we watch did, that down right? here, right? I could yeah. not That's remember what I told if we saw it's it freaking here. scary. This movie is rated PG-13, and it is one of the scariest, in my opinion, one of the scariest horror films that are out there, because I think it was done Jane Doe. so well. The Autopsy of Jane Doe is fucking terrifying. It's a true the story. The Autopsy of one. Jane Doe was terrifying because we all thought it was going to be a thriller, like, drama, mm-hmm. and it was just a straight horror film. Exactly. And yeah, that was because, this. like, the description was, like, not that. We yeah, saw this, it, right? This was yep. a terrifying yeah. We watched this movie. Is okay. the second one? Yeah, it's not related, though. Yeah, I remember why. This shit was creepy. I don't remember what happened, I'm going to be honest. I just remember it was creepy. Well, I'm going to tell you the real story of The Haunting of Connecticut. Ooh. Okay. I mean, so, like, is it really set in Connecticut? Yeah. <gasps> this is a real thing. Based I was listening, real listen, I listened to the shit that Julian was watching about it. It's pretty fucking crazy. So <laughs> prepare for really this. It's crazy. Okay, so... Um, I'm going to refer to the house as the Snedeker house. They are the Snedeker family, but I'm going to refer to them. It's Carmen. What was her last name? San Diego. Campbell. No. Campbell. Carmen Reed. So because she wants to protect her family, she prefers to go by Carmen Reed because she still discusses the things that happen in the house and she wants to like protect everyone else's identity. So she tends to not use the other names. So I will... Um, honor her by using her name, Carmen Reed, and her family, and then I'll use first names for everyone else. Very so, respectable, Jenna. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, so, 1986. The Carmen Reed and her family were living in New York. Some articles said they were living in New York City. Some said they were living upstate New York, regardless of where they were living. Um, unfortunately, her oldest son got diagnosed with cancer. So they were traveling three hours round trip to go to the hospital for him to get his cancer treatments and they couldn't do it anymore. So Carmen was driving through a town that was right near the hospital where her son was being treated and she, because they they were a middle class family, they had like some money, but they were really struggling because of her son's cancer. So she found this house and it was just listed as available for rent. So she spoke with the landlord and they were able to move in. And that house was in Southington, Connecticut. And I don't know if I said it was 1986, but it's 1986. So who moved in? It was Carmen Reed, her husband, Al, and their three kids. And then later on, she did have her nieces come and live with her. And one stayed a little bit longer than the other. I don't know the exact details, but... It was her three kids and her one niece that were living there at the time that all this stuff was going on. So, Philip was the oldest son. Like I said, he got diagnosed with cancer. Um, It wasn't really until they moved into the house. So, Carmen, initially, she saw the house. She thought it was a good idea to live there. It was right near the hospital. Everything worked out fine. 
She goes to the house, she looks at it before she rents it, and she can't get into the basement because they're going, it's under construction, basically. So there was stuff in the way, she couldn't open the door, whatever, she couldn't get down there. So the day they're moving into the house, her husband, Al, goes downstairs, opens the door, gets downstairs, and they realize that it used to be a funeral home, and this was basically, like, I don't know if you would call it, like, a (laughs) morgue or what, but this downstairs area had two separate rooms, and it was, like, the morgue. And that is when I leave. (laughs) (laughs) Personally, not, I don't want to say, like, I wouldn't mind living in a funeral home, but it's just death. Like, it's not really that outlandish. I don't know. Crazy. Okay. Anyway. Did you read this story? I know, literally. You you know all about this. Yes. And you're like, no, living in a funeral home is okay. Okay. So, anyway, Al is in the basement and he discovers that their house used to be a funeral home so he finds all these different things he finds let me just see there are toe tags which are the tags that go on like people's feet when they're dead to identify them there was head tags which go on people's heads to identify them if like they don't have feet or something um (laughs) there was all this different stuff so and there was also a, a bombing table tools um, like different tools for Wait, bombing. Where did he find this? Like, it was all in the basement. This before they bought the house or after? They rent. They were renting the house. Oh. And Carmen could not get downstairs because it was there was construction going on. So Al went down there the day that they moved in and saw all the stuff. So they didn't know it until they already signed the lease and lived in the house. Yeah. I mean, I would have left. I feel yeah. like I would want to. I wouldn't move into a house until I knew what was, what was in, in the every basement. Room. Yeah. I think yeah. that this was a unique situation because they were oh, so true. desperate yeah. because no, her son had cancer, yeah. and initially he got diagnosed with uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and that you have about six months to live if you're diagnosed with that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it was a really scary time for them. They were going to lose their son, and they were just really worried and desperate. So they I did what that. they had to Makes do. Yeah, so yeah. even if they knew it was a funeral home, they just worked they worked with it because this is yeah. what they had to do to help their son. Um there was also and it is notable to mention, there was basically like a a lift that they used to get the caskets and the bodies to and from the first floor and the basement. So whether they were having a funeral and had to send it up or they just got a body in and had to send it down to be embalmed and whatever. They didn't see that though on the when they were on the first floor. I guess not. I guess right? it was covered I feel like up that's somewhere. Kind of in the yeah. Elevator. Uh, well, it's not an elevator. It's just chains and like a little table that you lay bodies on. I guess so. I don't know. Maybe it was just downstairs and the, the thing was closed. They didn't open the cabinet. I don't know the details of it, but that was made out of chains. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think these people were just stupid. Okay, so <laughs> they probably you know what it was because of the cancer and everything. And they just want to live there. They probably were just like they looked real quick and they were like, yeah, it's fine. Exactly. Like, yeah, there's four walls. So, and yeah. Was... Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, like, I can't imagine what it was like for them yeah. with that. I think he was 13 at the time that he got diagnosed with cancer. So mm-hmm. really scary. Um, yeah. So they found out the house used to be a funeral home, obviously. Um, and it wasn't until after they moved in that weird stuff started happening. So the two boys, there was two sons. The, the way that the house was set up, they wound up having to sleep in the basement because there was no oh space for them God. upstairs with everyone else. I know. So, they were sleeping no. downstairs. I would have slept in the car no. or something. I know. Um, well, it was they didn't get a house. They didn't get a house that could fit all of them? Desperate circumstances. I don't care. I would have slept in the, in the tub. Like, I don't know why you sleep in the if basement. If you have cancer and you're that sick, you're just going to take what you can get. 
No, I'm I'm saying I would sleep in the tub. That's a, I would still live in the house. <laughs> I would just sleep in the tub. I wouldn't go in the basement personally. All right. So what was happening was all of the kids were saying weird stuff's going on, weird stuff's going on. Uh, they would say that they heard strange people talking at night. They would hear voices murmuring in the middle of the night. Um, they would see strange people in the house and figures and shadows and all this weird stuff. Um, Run! And the crazy thing is, Carmen, the mom, she didn't really believe her kids. Like, she did not believe that this was happening. So, um, I actually, I watched an interview that they did on this show called Sally, Jesse, Raphael. First of all, this show is crazy, okay? It's like <laughs> Jerry Springer, but... I'm cracked. It's, it's crazy. Crack. It's insane. Anyway, on that interview, basically the mom, Carmen, she was saying that she didn't believe her kids, and she actually... Her son, who had cancer, which, I again, I don't know the exact dates of when he had cancer to when he went into remission, but he did go into remission and he was okay. She took him to a psychologist because he, he was having these hallucin hallucinations and he was saying he was seeing these men and hearing these voices and whatever else. And she didn't believe him because nothing was... It, she said it was running away from her. That was what she was saying on the interview. It was running away from her and it didn't want to be seen by her. So only the kids were seeing it. So she took him to the oncologist and the oncologist, she basically asks like, is it possible that um, like his cancer medication can be messing with his brain? Can it be causing hallucinations? Can it be causing these like delusions to happen? And the oncologist said, no, absolutely not. Which personally, I would say that you can't 100% rule out anything in that kind of situation, but whatever. Mm -hmm. He said no. So then she took him to get evaluated by a psychologist, and the psychologist said, absolutely not, like, you're crazy, and they wound up putting him in a mental hospital for, I think it was 30 days he stayed in a mental hospital because they thought that he was sick and had schizophrenia or something, and then he came home, and it wasn't until then that all the other kids of the house, and, like, it, like, shit started to get real, okay? So... Carmen said that she would hear birds outside, but she wouldn't just hear, like, a couple of birds tweeting here and there. She said, she described it as, like, thousands of crows that she would be hearing all day. Um, and then other stuff started to happen to her. She said that she would be, um, she would hear this loud banging in the middle of the night. Um, what really sent her over the edge, and again, she said this in the Sally Jesse Raphael interview, was that her niece came into her room and she was terrified and she said it's happening again it's happening again so carmen grabs her bible and her rosary beads she runs into the room where her niece is staying and supposedly on this interview they say so um carmen her husband al and the, their niece what was her name kelly okay they all say that this spirit entity demon whatever it was was sexually assaulting them it's cra it's crazy to think about but that's what they were saying like they were literally on national television and these people literally get into a bed to dem not demonstrate but to literally like replay the experience of what it was like when they were sexually assaulted by these ghosts and this man al is literally on national television describing how he was basically sodomized by this demon and the stinging pain that he felt and he was frozen with fear and the wife experienced the same thing. And so anyway, it wasn't until the niece came and said, it's happening again, blah, blah, blah. And she also was experiencing like sexual like deviance, I guess, by this like ghost demon thing. So Carmen runs into her room with her 
And this is where Carmen's views change on everything. This was before she experienced anything herself. This is wild. I know. So Carmen sees a hand. She's described it as she sees the the wrist bone, the knuckles, and the fingertips. And it went up her shirt. It went up the knees. She was watching this happen. It went over her breast, up her shirt, and behind her shoulder and disappeared. And she grabbed her knees, ran into the other room, and she was freaking out that was the night she said she was done and that was the night that she actually called our favorite very well-known demon demonologists ed and lorraine warren they mm. were also involved on in this case dun, dun, dun. so that's how you know she got real yes facts so carmen reed experienced all this crazy stuff obviously the sexual assault um she said that the mop water she would be mopping and have like this thing happen she'd be mopping and the the water that she was using to mop with would literally turn blood red and it looked like she was mopping the floor with blood and she got so freaked out that she she called i think she called the flooring company because she had vinyl she called the flooring company where she got the vinyl from and said is it possible that any chemicals i am using could possibly be doing this and they were like no absolutely not so she was terribly freaked out. Um, Why was she not... Move! 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 But, like, I don't see... That's what everyone is saying. But because they were in such a circumstance with her son and that, like, they couldn't find a house, they were lower income at that time. And... Apartment, bitch. Hotel. Like, something. Like, I would not stay in a house. If I don't... I don't care what my circumstances. If I feel that I'm th- being threatened by a, like, supernatural being... I'm moving somewhere where I feel protected. Like, she... I'm not blaming her, but she knowingly put her kids at risk. Yeah, and that's what a lot of people that's were true. saying. And they basically said... She she kept saying, like, I thought they were making it up. I didn't believe them. And then when stuff really started to happen, she started to call people to get help because they were in a situation where even if they did leave, it was following them. No. <laughs> Bur- I would just kill myself, I think. I really, I'm not well, even that's joking. Why they, that's like, why they wanted to get help so bad, because they they had they had no choice. They couldn't do anything. If they left, it followed them. If they stayed, it was there. So what could they possibly do besides exercise this demon and get rid of it? Yeah, I'd kill myself. <laughs> okay, anyway. So, I said all that. Let me just see where I am. Okay, so... These were all the different things that were happening. Carmen also was, she said that she was possessed by this entity at one point. And I, I believe that this is shown in the movie. I don't remember exactly, but she said that she was possessed by this entity and she was gone What f- for what felt like she described it as eight hours. She disappeared basically. And she could feel this presence there and she went and, like, the way she described it, she drew these drawings. Like, you know that scene in Stranger Things where Eleven's in... She's not in the Upside Down, but she's kind of in that in-between where the it's black. all black. Yeah. She described that exactly. And she said, everything around me is black and I was the only one there and I was calling out and no one was answering me. But she could almost feel... She said she described it as she was... Her body was her body, but she felt like there was a little hole tore into her body where this entity entered from and was just possessing her body. And during that time, she described what it was like for her and then the family and, like, uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren, they obviously were all there and, like, they knew that that was happening. So, they really, like, bunkered down and got serious with it. So, anyway. um, So, on this interview, this Sally Jesse Raphael interview, 
her neighbors were on this show and they when i say they were picking her apart they were like <laughs> the comments literally said who needs who needs demons to possess you when you have neighbors like this <laughs> because of how ruthless they were being oh yeah, that's fucking amazing what were they saying so, no juliana told me this shit they, these guys are it fucking was literally terrible so they're i honestly i wish i like wrote this stuff down because i'm forgetting it but um so one one person said that uh philip who was the oldest son who had cancer that he was using illegal drugs which it was reported that he was using illegal drugs here and there and lsd and different things like that so there was this neighbor who he was probably in his early 20s and he was like oh philip came over to my house and told me that i can get anything i want and blah blah and he was probably on lsd hallucinating the entire thing and the mom's like okay so like we were all on lsd like i gave my nine-year-old son lsd that that that's what happened and then there's another neighbor who jumps in like this is crazy and the other neighbor's like yeah you probably ow, you probably all run lsd <laughs> blah, blah, screening at them what it's it was crazy then there was oh my god maybe i forgot the about drugging the whole family maybe maybe that's I mean, possible and i just want to say regardless of what is true what is not like, this family obviously was going through something really traumatic well, and scary. Yes. Well, maybe Anthony's on the right track because that was a funeral home. They had chemicals that they would use to embody or, like... Embalm. Embalm uh, bodies. And maybe there was a gas that was left out and that mm-hmm. they just kept taking in and that maybe had hallucinatory they, So Or they values. drank the tap water. Or, yeah. To yeah. dispute Christian's claim, at least. I don't know about the tap water, but... <laughs> The person who owned the funeral home lived in that house for, like, their entire life, basically, until they sold the house. Well, not sold, but until they they rented it out. Until they rented it out to this family. Carmen Reed and her family. I don't know why they decided to rent it out. Wait, so what does that have to do with Christian's claim? Because he was perfectly fine. His wife passed away. Well, maybe maybe they started renting it out because they couldn't live there. Well, it was just one man. You said they were doing construction. In the basement. Maybe they in the basement. something. Maybe they hit something yeah, when they were doing construction before the new it's people possible. moved in. It's possible. It's possible. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let me get to the other neighbor. Okay. <laughs> this Debunked. other neighbor. Let me just say, what a bitch! Like this woman is the <laughs> worst oh, neighbor <laughs> you could ever possibly imagine. Okay. So she she did not believe this was going on at all. Okay. And she's like, absolutely not. So she gets on this TV show and she's like, well. I didn't believe what was going on, blah, blah, blah. So I started documenting every single thing that went on at night so I can explain that these things really weren't happening and they were just making it up and lying. Ew. Okay, so she literally... Bitch, don't be documenting my things. This bitch pulls out her fucking scrapbook and she's like... (laughs) Okay. She brought receipts. Literally. And she's like reading it on live television, like pointing. She's like, okay, so you could see on this date that at three o'clock in the morning, three trucks drove by. One of them had a muffler and the muffler was broken. So it was making a loud rattling noise. So when Carmen Reed and her family said that um, they heard chains banging in the middle of the night and it was shaking their house, it shook our house too. Like, it wasn't just you. It wasn't It wasn't the chains in your basement to carry up the bodies. Like, it was the muffler, the broken muffler on the truck. And she's like, I have so much more. And I was yeah. like, this and I, but bitch. That muffler probably is the same thing that uh, that they were feeling when they got pegged in the butt by a ghost. Literally. Right? <laughs> literally. 
really? Facts. So, and like, it just went on like that literally for almost the whole interview. And then I thought it was crazy because this Sally, man, like, she really does not mess around. Like, she brought in the people who moved into this house mm-hmm. after uh, Carmen Reed and her family left. And they completely do not believe anything that happened. They have, like, no, they just absolutely do not believe it. And it was this the this wife and her husband and their like twenty five year old son, and they are just ripping this family apart. They're like, the dad's like, if I would have heard a floorboard squeak, I would have brought my six and seven year old kid out of that house immediately. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, <laughs> like you're a little much. It was just ridiculous. And they were just picking them apart. I felt so bad for them because they were just being embarrassed basically on national television. So. I mean, what they expect? Do they think everyone was going to believe them? Literally. I know. So, anyway, what, what what ends up happening is Ed and Lorraine Warren stay there. They come for nine and a half weeks. It was Ed, Lorraine, and three researchers. And they come to this house. They experience everything. In the different articles I was reading and just like seeing what they said, they were pushed, they were slapped, they were pushed to the floor, like, by this demon thing, and they all felt the presence, like, it was really serious, really scary, and they wound up doing an exorcism on the house, and that is eventually what got rid of the demon, and, like, they were all okay. Well, that's why the, the new owners didn't fucking feel anything. Exactly! Because the ghost is gone. I was Boom. just gonna say that. Um, oh my god. Carmen, Boom. her rebuttal to the new owners literally was, okay, you don't know this, but she was like, And on all four walls of the house, every so however many inches and however many inches down, there's seance, whatever, seance keys or whatever they were. I don't know exactly what they are, but basically like these exorcism, like metal of some Mm. sort to basically uh, like get rid of the demon forever because the house has been exorcised. So there's no way that anything can come back because it's already protected. Mm Mm-hmm. And they were like, no, there's not. Like, they were just arguing about it. But it was, it was so, yeah, what you're saying is 100% true. Like, the house was, like, they did an exorcism on the house. Like, nothing can come back there because it's a safe place now. So, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Because that was my original thing I was going to do. I was like, oh, let me do Ed and Lorraine Warren. Like, a story that no one really knows because they have, like, The Conjuring and, like, Annabelle and all that stuff. And there's so much controversy surrounding Ed and Lorraine Warren. I could do a whole other thing on it, but literally they're depicted in the movies as like these super sweet, super nice, like older people. And Ed's like strumming his guitar and like singing Elvis covers. And meanwhile, he's on this TV show and he's talking over this guy. He's screaming. He's pointing, getting in this guy's face. Like if we would have saw it today, we'd be like, this guy's a fucking asshole. Like fuck him he'd be canceled like he just he was not a good person it seemed like anyway though the house is exercised all is fun and well and then this whole movie is made this book deal is done so another thing that um the new family that lived in the house was saying was that they were just doing this for the money and uh the landlord even told them that once they started to not pay their bills um this is when all this uh these ghostly allegations. Yeah, these allegations came out that this house was haunted just so they can make money. And I'm thinking to myself, w- there are so many other ways to make money. But why would you have... Whose husband would go on national television and say, I was sodomized by a demon? Literally. Nobody no, would literally. do that just for the money, no. okay? But also, like, I mean, how, would, how can they picture this as a way to get money? Exactly. Like, back then, there wasn't social media. Mm-hmm. 
back then it, it was literally just like you went on news like like i don't even understand what they th- how would they have gotten money yeah like you you there's no way they thought that oh my god i have a ghost story of like a demon this is gonna go in the press and like spread and we're gonna get money like that that's not a thought process I like i don't know I, I don't think they did that for money i don't know if it really happened and maybe there was a scientific reason like a gas leak or something that made them all hallucinate because that's a thing that's happened actually before where there was like a gas leak of a chemical in someone's house and the entire family had the hallucination. Mm-hmm. So that's happened actually before, but it also could be a demon fucking people like who knows. Yeah. And <laughs> mm-hmm. so what Ed and Lorraine Moore wound up saying was that the person like the people who lived there before they basically were abusing the corpses and like engaged in like necromancy and all these different things to basically like try to control the dead spirits and like bind them to the house and like i don't think this happened in real life but in the movie there was the scene at the end where they like ripped the wallpaper and there was like a bunch of dead bodies behind the walls Mm -hmm. because like those spirits were just bound to the house so like they all basically i don't know if they all banded together or what but this demon that was haunting them was basically haunting anyone who would stay in the house because they were just like associated them with those people exactly so which honestly that's why they wouldn't say that that's why that owner would be like oh this wasn't true Mm -hmm. because they were the ones actually causing the problem yeah so that's what ed and lorraine warren suspected um and like maybe the neighbors were in on it it could have been because maybe it was like a necromancy cult there were some neighbors who oh. who said they kind of backed up um, what Carmen Reed and her family were saying, and they said like no like queer stuff was happening. Like one of my other neighbors went there and she put a crucifix up in every room in her house, and she was terrified. She could feel the negative spirit and blah blah blah. And like there are other people who correlate their story, and then there are other people who are just so skeptic of it who don't believe these things could exist. And yeah, like they just totally maybe they're deny so it. against it because they are part of the reason why it's happening. Exactly, that's a Boom. good idea, Christian. A conspiracy, conspiracy about this. Listen, let me put the short and sweet. Fuck them. Period. <laughs> Preach. But yeah, yeah that's so, crazy. That's pretty much it. The haunting of Connecticut mm-hmm. is real, real life potentially. Um. I guess that's it, guys, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you all for listening uh, for another episode of New Realm Nightmares. It's been Ooh. fantastic. I've had such a good time. I don't know about y'all. Yeah, this was a great This was a great episode. Hell yeah. <laughs> I always got to sleep with a nightlight after these. Literally. I, I have like a panic attack every time. Just like a slow panic attack. When we were talking about the Haunting of Connecticut and like that movie... Absolutely not. We gotta watch Bless the movie again, room, though. What? We gotta watch that movie again. No. no. I gotta say my Hail Marys and go to bed. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> it's a movie where, like, the room is locked in the basement. Or... No. Please don't the, talk about the it. The room is locked in the basement? Please yeah. don't talk about it. The autopsy of Jane Doe? Jane Doe? Was no, there was a separate room in the basement. Right? That was that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the Haunting in Connecticut. Was... Yeah, there's yeah. two rooms. That movie oh, yeah. was scary. Um, if you guys uh, want to follow us on all social media platforms at New Realms Podcast... Once we hit a thousand followers on TikTok, we're gonna be doing a live Q and A. Almost there, and we're we're almost there. We got fourteen big boost, big boost already. We literally our Doubled. views, our likes have gone up by five thousand percent. Get out! You can't say that when it was at zero. <laughs> Don't add us. 
You're, you're... It went up by 5,000%, okay? So follow oh us, contribute to the upswing. Hell yeah. We're uh, literally stocks are going all the way up. So you should buy in <laughs> now before it gets too high. 100% Rumor has accurate. it, if we reach 100 followers on Instagram and 20 on TikTok, my voice comes back. Ooh. Yeah. Oh my God, guys. Help me it. save my voice. <laughs> We're going like to start a GoFundMe. But you contribute <laughs> in follows. Like, follow, comment i want these comments i want to talk to you yes. guys yeah i want to know what you think we, we want to know what you're thinking yeah we want to talk to you we want to hear Engage. what you like what you don't like what you want to hear <laughs> yeah what you want to hear more about your favorite conspiracies tell us all on all of our social media platforms at new realms podcast yes. we will talk to you guys next week uh we hope you have a great week yes and stay safe stay, stay happy stay healthy and have a great spooky season we'll see you next week wait boo uh-oh I like James's comment thing. We pick the the viewers pick our conspiracies. I love that. I will love that comment. If you guys mm-hmm. contribute and you want to want us to talk about stuff that you're interested in, let, let us, us know. know. We would love to do that. Take we two. will if you post if you comment what you want to hear. I can almost guarantee we'll talk about it. Yes. Oh yeah, our social media so. managers will pick it up for us, and we will <laughs> yeah. go through it. Yeah, we're it'll too busy. be me. I will and pick me. it up. <laughs> <laughs> Christian too. And if your if your theory's whack. We're going to call you out. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Any theories Roasting. are good theory. Okay, stay safe. Happy spooky season. We love you guys. Bye. Boo. <laughs>